Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What do you do if your kids don't like your new partner or if your partner's kids don't like you? Today, I'm coming at you with the three big mistakes you're likely making when your kids don't like your new relationship, and the one thing you can do to have effective conversations with those kids so you can start living in love and peace. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. You're here. (laughs) Hello. Hello, hello. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. You already know that. I'm really happy. I'm feeling so good today. Are you feeling good? Let me hear it right now. Are you feeling good? Because I can feel it. I can feel the vibes. Uh, I'm just really into this, you know, new year and being in a good place. And really, I, I've been doing this for a while, though, not just like as of January 1st, as you know, if you've been listening to me. Um, but I'm doing my best to really try to notice small wins. I kind of suck at that usually. I You know, if something big happens, I might take a little, you know, kudos for it. But when the little things happen, I, I just get blank. I, I had a coaching group for a long time and every week we would share our wins and I had a really hard time remembering, even though like kind of everything feels good, but I wasn't really pulling out those little things. So, uh, I'm going to encourage you to do so to really think about that. You know, if you 
got dressed and got out the door. If you're listening to this right now and you're going to listen to the end because you want to want to get all the good stuff, um, that's a win. You get to count that. So I'm going to share one little win. I just, my assistant just shared with me, this podcast that you are listening to right now is now in 157 countries. 157! <laughs> it's That's how many countries this podcast has been downloaded in. So I really thank you. Thank you for sharing the podcast with people. That's how all of this has happened. I'm telling you, the tens of thousands of people have listened to the podcast. It's because everyone has shared it because I have not advertised this podcast once. I mean, I put up some stuff on my social media sometimes, but I, it's not like I have a big social media. Uh, there is no, I have not paid for an ad, nothing. This is all your word of mouth. And that means a lot to me. It means more to me than anything. Uh, so thank you for doing that. Continue to do it. Please, please continue to share it with your friends and people. And even think of just sharing a specific episode with somebody. Um, I think that's always better. You know, if you have something, if you listen today about what we're talking about and you know someone who would be helped by it, give it, you know, send them the link to this particular episode. I think that helps people as opposed to this podcast is great. Sometimes if you can share an episode, people get really down. And plus, they don't like the whole podcast and maybe they would just like this episode, which I want to help people. So there you go. Um, and of course, leave a review on Spotify, which you can now do. And most of you, about half and half, but a large majority of you are listening on Spotify. So please leave a review there. Uh, it's really helps people find out. And that's what we're trying to do. World peace. Here we come. Everyone having great relationship information so they can be happier. No need to fight. All right. So, and I've really had, I mean, so many people writing in about dealing with kids who aren't on board in their uh, new relationship. And I mean, and when I say new, I don't even mean sometimes people have been together for years and it's still happening. So, uh, but meaning that, you know, you were married or in a relationship with the, with your kids, you know, other parent and that has dissolved and you are now in a different relationship. So however that is, however new or not new it is. And so again, even it's even if it's been a while, you can absolutely move things in the direction you want. It is never too late. I want to say that. Um, but in my experience, what I find when people come to me with this problem, when my clients come to me is that they're making there's really three big mistakes that are getting made. And when you can fix, when you can, you know, alter these and it's not that hard. <laughs> it really isn't. It's, it's a mindset shift. That's what this podcast is all about. How to think differently so you can approach your relationships differently. That's what I do, right? That's all I, that's what I do with research and my, you know, experience and all the good things. So, so to me, these are the three big mistakes you're making when your kids don't like your new relationship. Again, whether it's, your partner's kids or your kids. And the so the first one is that you're not really listening. This is the first mistake you make. You think you are. I know. You think you are. I love you so much. You think you're listening, but you're really not listening. You might even you might even say something that you think is connecting and empathetic, you know, um like, uh, oh, I hear that this is hard for you, but I love you and I'm here if you need anything. That's a lovely thing to say. Don't get me wrong. That's good. Uh, but it does nothing to really further the conversation and get to the root of what's happening. That's the problem with it. Um, there, There's this try, you know, you're saying I hear you, but then there, it's like there's a but. 
and there's just no way to really move forward. So your kid ends up not feeling heard or listened to, which ups their anxiety and, and their resolve really to not like your new relationship. And you're not really listening. And I'll tell you why, because you've decided this relationship is wonderful. You're in love. You love this person. And, and even if your kid is making good points, you're dismissing them because you're afraid, you know, probably of allowing anything else in, um, you know, allowing it an alternate viewpoint or really listening to what they're saying. Cause maybe there are even things you've thought of before, but either way, even if they don't have good points, you're in this relationship, this kid is not going to change your mind about the relationship. And that's the bottom line. And that's why you're not really listening. <laughs> so I'm not saying that you listen with the idea that you're going to leave this person if they don't like them. I'm saying that you're listening from their point of view that, you know, that's the empathy. I did a whole podcast on that, that you're listening like you're wrong. Again, did a whole podcast on how to listen effectively. So go listen to that if you want to want to do that separately. But you got to listen like you're wrong. You have to. And I'll talk about this in when I get to what you're going to do about these mistakes. So, you know, hang in there. I, I, I got you. I got you, fam, as my as my, <laughs> as my teenagers would say. Um, but really, you're afraid, you know, on some level. And so and that brings us to mistake number two that I see mostly is that you're coming from from fear, not love. Yeah, I know. Let's sit with that for a second. You're you're coming from fear. And the kids can sense that. So that has them worried too. Now, and let me explain what I mean by this. You know, in your conversations with them, you're coming from fear because it, the, just this fact that they have said they're not falling in love with this person, that they have their misgivings, that they have their trepidations right away, of course, you're going to be a little defensive. Of course, you're going to be a little worried and scared and, and fearful and all the things. Guess what? That's, that's fear-based. That has that part of your brain, um, you know, your amygdala, I've talked about this a lot, you know, that part of your brain keyed in to what's what, looking for what's not working. Oh my gosh, what if they never like this person? I know where you go. I know where your crazy brain goes. I've been here with you a while. So, and remember that our conscious brains process information at a rate of 50 bits per second. Uh, really 40, but and our unconscious brains, subconscious brains process information at a rate of 11 million bits per second. So even though you're saying all the right words to your kid, they're picking up on your anxiety. And even though your anxiety is because of their anxiety, it doesn't matter. It gets them going, ooh, they're anxious. What's going on? Ooh, there is something wrong. I was right. And that's what's starting to happen here. And, and you might even have your own doubts about the relationship or... um or you're worried that maybe you're really scared that your relationship won't be able to move forward if the kids stay upset, right? So, you know, you've likely been trying to get the kids on board in, in a variety of ways, and they feel that subtle manipulation and trying to be controlled, and they're going to resist it, right? I mean, think about it. Of course they are. When, when there's a separation, I want you to remember this. Your kids and their kids have no control and their whole world is rocked. That's what happens with separations. Their world is rocked. It doesn't mean you've ruined your children. It doesn't mean that they can never bounce back. I'm not talking about any of that. 
I am just saying that that is a real thing that's happening. What they saw as the fabric, even kids, and, and this is from the research, even kids who even kind of thought their parents should get divorced or, or saw it coming, still feel that kind of loss, that safety loss of this sort of intact unit. And that's likely, you know, biological anthropologists look at this stuff and they can sort of relate it back. You can imagine if, um, you know, in a clan a hundred thousand years ago, or even, uh, even 200 years ago in our societies or communities, if you were being raised by one parent, your uh, likelihood of success and um, having resources and being healthy and all those things was diminished greatly. So, you know, having two caregivers who were taking care of their, you know, roles, so to speak, especially, you know, millions of years ago uh, and hundreds of thousands of years ago meant your very survival. So you can see how this can happen, right, in modern society, so to speak, where that kind of ancient hardwiring takes over. Now, you know, so so think about this. So their world's a little rocked, and here you come with this new person, and then they're feeling even more out of control and even more left in the dust. Even if you're inviting them on the dates, even if you're doing the things, you know, again, you got to remember. So, so that's mistake number two, that you're coming from a fearful place. All that stuff is going on. You're picking up on their fear. They're picking up on your fear. And we have all this fear happening. And we're then trying to problem solve from that. We're trying to move the, move into a love you know, scenario based on fear. What do I always say? Doesn't work. Doesn't work every time. Again, I'm going to help you with what to do about this. But I just, I want you to understand the mistakes that are probably happening that you're not likely seeing, or you kind of see them, but you don't realize how important they are. And then the third thing, and this is, I think, the most important, and I really want you to listen. So if you if you walked away, <laughs> if you've started to daydream, you're like, oh, I, I'm thinking of something else, whatever. I want you to listen right now. Because th this is a biggie, I would say, how do you like this? In all relationships when things aren't working, I see this a lot. You're focused on your pace, your pace, not their pace. I want to say, I want to really be clear about this. This is probably, this is the biggest mistake I see. So, okay. So you've fallen in love with this new person, right? Or in deep like, it feels so good. <laughs> and even like, really like such a huge relief after you've split with your ex. You're inside, yay, <laughs> joy excitement. We got some limerence happening, maybe some lust, you know, again, depending on how long this relationship has been going on, you've got all the feels. You are all caught up. And maybe, which most people do, they, they wait a while to inter even introduce their kids to this person. But whether you wait a while to introduce your kids to a new relationship or, uh, you know, start ev meeting everyone maybe too quickly, you know, either way, you're missing a big piece. Because no matter what, <clears throat> the kids are not where you are, okay? They're not there. You're moving at a certain momentum, okay? You're moving at a certain momentum. You're going a certain momentum. But your kids and their kids are at their own momentum. And by the way, if you got kids on both sides, guess what? You got multiple momentums going on. And uh, one of my... Uh, spiritual teachers, you know, I talk about uh, Esther Hicks a lot and Abraham Hicks a lot. Uh, they explain it this way, and I love this explanation. 
and it really, I think you could, you'll be able to see it when I say it this way. If you've ever seen one of those little carousels in a park, you know, those little, not the carousel, the horses on it, <laughs> but the little small metal things. I don't know if we only have these in America, although I feel like I've seen them when I've been in Europe in parks. Um, you know, they're little round metal things and they have all these handlebar, these bars all over it. And what happens is you spin really fast on there, right? And it's really fun. And maybe your parent is grabbing the bars and pushing really quick and you're flying around on this, on this little mini carousel thing, right? It's really fun, by the way. But if you're a bunch of kids just hanging out, which we always were when we were little, you know, and we're hanging out and we're we're all, you know, pushing, pushing and then jumping on really, it's going really fast. If you were a kid who came late to the party, okay? And you tried to jump on that thing when it was flying, you know, spinning really fast. Guess what happened? Yeah, yeah. You fell on your ass. <laughs> you you tried to jump on. It was really hard. And you got knocked right off, right? You, you, you got knocked around. You probably ended up on your butt and hurt with your whatever, right? And <laughs> there's... I, yeah, I can, I'm, I'm thinking now I had a lot of serious bumps and bruises trying to do this myself when I was young, you know? So what do you need to do? It, it, you need to wait until the carousel slows down enough and then you can kind of start to walk beside it or run beside it, you know, get, you can get yourself in sync and only then can you jump on. Only then can you get on there with the other people who are on this thing. You get what I'm talking about here. I don't think I have, you know, I have to explain it too much more than that. That's what's happening. You're spinning. You are, you and your partner maybe even are spinning really fast on your love disc, right? On the love carousel. <laughs> you're on there. You're spinning. The wind is in your hair. It feels amazing. You're so happy and in love, right? And then your kids are like standing still on the side, maybe walking slow. <laughs> and you're like, get on, get on come on, it's over here. It's great. We're having so much fun. But they, it's like, they just can't get on there. They're, you know, you're so happy and in love, but you're, you're again, your kids aren't at the same momentum you're at. You've got to slow down a bit to where they are, right? To where they are. And then, then, and only then can you gradually, again, speed up with everybody on board. I actually think that was very well said. How do you like that? And I will say that this is a, a big problem I see in almost all kinds of relationships. Like if you and your partner are arguing, it's usually, again, for that reason. You know, you come in the room and you go, hey, I really want to talk to you about this thing, right? And they're they're watching TV. They're relaxing, right? They're at one momentum. You're at another because you've got a head of steam going about something, right? And you might even say to them, uh, can you talk right now? And they're like, oh, okay. And they turn off the TV. But that, you're not at the same pace. They're, you're over here all, you know, you've been thinking about this thing for a while. They haven't. They have not been thinking about it. They've been watching a game or, you know, a, the cooking network, if you're me, you know. They, they've been doing something else, so they're in a very different place. And then you jump in, and then you get upset that they're defensive or they're not listening. It's because the momentum, you have to slow down that momentum. You have to allow people to get on the freaking carousel. <laughs> and so, anyway, okay. So I think I made my point. That is the biggest mistake I see that cup that people make. Um, and I do want to just throw this in too. There's a, uh, Con Dr. Constance Ahrens, Ahrens? I, I don't know how to say her name really well. She's a PhD psychologist and she conducted this 20 year study of kids of divorce. And she found that most kids 
find their parents' dating behaviors strange and confusing. <laughs> and it's got to be a little to them, right? Because think about it, like, especially, well, I won't say especially. It, that's what they find. That's what the research says. They find the stuff you're doing around dating and all the behaviors around it, they find it strange, they find it confusing. Kids under age 10 often feel angry, sad, or possessive of their parents, okay? That's their big issue. And teenagers, usually their biggest problem is finding open affection um, troubling. <laughs> they, they don't like seeing your, your the displays of affection. Even if they're not really huge, they have a hard time watching that. They find it, you know, kind of uh, a little disconcerting. Um, and uh, yeah, and her book's really good. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's called like, We're Still Family, something like that. It's very good. But anyway, so while you're flying <laughs> on the wings of love, while, while that's happening, they're, the kids are looking at your relationship from a completely different vantage point. I think that's really the point I want to make. That's the point the research makes. Um, and so, you know, take that to heart. Okay. So those are the three big mistakes I see. So how do you turn this all around? That's very nice, Abby. Thank you. But how do I turn it around? <laughs> so of course I'm here to help you. What? I'm going to give you the problems and then go away. I'm going to give you the problems and then tell me you have to pay to get the answers. No, because I'm not skeevy. I'm not. I'm here with the, all the love, all the, any answers I can come up with to any of your questions. I want to have them. And again, I always dig deep. I do the research. I do all the things. Okay. And again, been doing this almost 40 years now. I can't even believe I'm saying that. How am I so old? It's horrible. Um, <laughs> about 37 years. It's a long time. I've got a lot of experience. So that helps. So here's the deal. You have to have, you have to have different conversations from a whole new place. You start really listening and asking the right questions. And there's a way to set yourself up for success. And I'm, I, again, I'm going to share it. It's not, you know, a big secret. So here is my five-step process for effective conversations with your kids about all this stuff. Okay, there you go. And you've heard some of this before, but you're going to hear it again because it's what works. It And again, I've had, can you imagine how many clients I've had with blended families? I mean, please, this is <laughs> such a common thing I deal with. It's not even funny. So step one, set intentions out loud. Any conversation you want to have with your kids, and I don't care how big or small they are, should start or should include your intentions. It's best to start with them, but if you forget, at least include them. If you end up in a conversation like driving in the car and you weren't expecting to have a conversation, right? It's great to say your intention out loud as soon as you like notice any defensiveness or shutting down. Um, but if you plan the conversation, Start it with your intentions, right? Start it with that. But yeah, I know that sometimes this stuff will come up driving, especially, you know, kids are in the car or whatever, you're all focused somewhere else and they'll be like, what's with this guy? You know, <laughs> what, you know, do you still love mom or whatever, you know, and you're going, oh my God, I'm in this thing. And you're just starting to answer. And then all of a sudden you're halfway in the conversation going, oops, oops, you know, I'm having this deep conversation and, and we need to stop a little bit. So as soon as you notice it, as soon as you notice it. But again, if you're planning, even better. So, and here's some very specific examples, right? It's my intention to listen with an open heart to everything you say. 
what a nice thing to start with. Uh, it's my intention to think about how much I love you and how much I want to understand your point of view. That is my intention in this conversation. It's my intention that we'll both walk away from this conversation. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Feeling connected, feeling heard, you know, like again, and you would just say this in a way that's natural to you. So you might say, hey, you know, Jack, you know, your son, um, I just, before we get going, I just want you to know that I am really listening to you and it's my, everything in me is working on the two of us walking away, feeling connected and heard. And I'm going to stay in this conversation with you until you tell me that's true for you. I mean, that is a way to start a conversation. Hello. Uh, It's my intention that we're going to have an even better relationship after this conversation. Like, I'm really, I need you to be kind of happier having the conversation, that they're actually putting their stuff out there. They're willing to talk to you about it. That's great. And, you know, remember that setting intention puts everyone in this, really in this right frame of mind. It programs the RAS. What do I talk about all the time? The reticular activating system or your RAS for short, right? The filter between your conscious and your subconscious mind. So whatever you're thinking about consciously, it's sending to your subconscious. So if I'm going into a conversation with my kids thinking this is going to be bad, this is going to go left and sideways, and or I have to convince them of something, or I'm afraid, forget it. <laughs> that's all that's going to show up in this conversation. That's all you're going to have. And it, we also have, of course, our self-confirming bias. I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess. So instead, you have to program that RAS to be looking for what you do want, looking for what would happen. And that is what will start to show up in the conversation. I'm telling you, it's brain science. It's not, you know, we talk a lot about law of attraction and things like that in the world. And I love law of attraction, but and I love law of attraction. You know why? Because it's science, <laughs> because it's backed up by real things that ways our brain works. So our actual brain chemistry. So if you're in that, with if you're saying those things with the intention, you're really programming the RAS to look for good things in the conversation, to find connections, to find openings. And it'll help you all, you know, you and your kid or kids stay focused and mindful uh, during the whole conversation. Can't get better than that, right? Can't, can't, can't get better than that. Um, what, what else do I want to say about this? You know, stating your intentions helps everyone involved feel safer and more connected. That's, I guess that's the final thing I want to say about that. So if you do nothing else, do this step. I'm telling you right now, it's a game changer. Do, do setting intention. If you feel like you can't listen to me anymore, 
You can stop right now. Um, you're not going to get all the good stuff though, but <laughs> that'll be a game changer of itself. Step number two is you have to be curious, curious, actively think of being curious during the conversation. You really, you are there not to convince them to come to your way of thinking. You're really want, you really want to understand where the kids are coming from and why they feel the way they do. So what do I always say? Listen like you're wrong and be in a mode of seeking to understand as opposed to being understood, right? As opposed to getting them to think your way, which is manipulative and not going to get you anywhere. And you've already tried that, by the way, which is why you're listening right now. It doesn't work. So so your inside voice should be sound something like, um, uh, I wonder why they're having this reaction. I need to figure that out. What's really going on here? There you go. That's what the inside voice is. And remind yourself why you're listening. It's because you love and care about your kid, their kid, and you want to find a resolution. You, you got to. It's because it'll improve everything if you can find a way to hear what they're saying so you can create solutions if there are issues here. I did a whole I did a whole episode. I love when I say I did a whole podcast. Can you see how old I am when I say that? <laughs> I did a whole episode. I didn't do a separate podcast. I did a whole episode on listening without getting defensive or hurt. And that is your goal. But again, you know, in all this, so go listen, I'll link to it. But, you know, so don't just say, remember what I mentioned earlier, you know, I hear you, but, you know, don't do that. Really be curious. Maybe they're even seeing something you don't. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but maybe they are. Maybe your love is blinding you to something. You've got to get to what they're thinking under what they're feeling. And here's the deal. They are clearly seeing this person as some kind of threat, but a threat to what? You know, do they feel lost in the shuffle? Is this very new after the separation from their other parent? Is it possible you're rushing into things? Are they no longer feeling like they're a priority? Do they believe they have to choose between this person and their other parent. I mean, there's a million things, but they feel threatened. That is what's happening. Your child is feeling threatened. And by the way, if they were feeling threatened by an outside source, you would be a tiger protecting them. So what are you doing getting defensive? This is a time to really try to understand why they're threatened. And don't just tell them they shouldn't be, right? That doesn't work, that they don't need to be. Don't just sit and reassure. That's not what you're doing either, because you can reassure it's fine, but you can't leave it there because they're not reassured. They're not reassured. So again, you have to find out why they're feeling this way. What is having them feel threatened by asking these good questions? Again, did whole episodes on this stuff, so I'll link to it all, but you, you, that's your goal right now. And when you're curious, it gets you out of trying to convince them of something. And convincing someone of something is very fear-based, and that's what they pick up on. And it keeps you in that um, open, love-based frame of mind, which is obviously where we want to be. Okay. Step three now is to ask collaborative questions. And as I mentioned in the mistakes, you likely haven't really been listening to what the kid, your kids are saying or their kids are saying about your relationship. Do you go, think about this, do you go into any of these conversations with your kids with a sense of open curiosity? Are you listening? Again, are you listening like you're wrong? Like having that first, right? And then you want to ask these collaborative questions. You want to find out what's going on. 
And one of the best questions you can ask when your kids are complaining about your new partner or have rejected them in some way is, well, there's a, a lot of them actually. Okay. There's a lot of, you know, open, so they have to be open-ended, right? These are questions that you can't answer with yes, no, good, or fine, or nothing, or a shrug. Um, and again, when I always say collaborative, meaning you're looking to collaborate with your child in this case, you're looking to collaborate with the other person to find solutions. And that is a very different headspace to get in versus I'm looking to uh, poke holes in their theory. I'm looking to find out where they're wrong. I'm looking to convince them. I'm looking to persuade them. When you go in with that, you're screwed. You're screwed. And again, you're listening right now because you have gone in with that and you've been screwed. So you know what I'm saying is true. So my favorite question of all questions is, could you tell me more about X? You know, could you tell me more about what's bothering you about when we were out last week with John? You know, what, what, tell me more about that. Could you tell me more about, you know, whatever the thing is, ask for more, you know, if they just say, um, you know, I think you're in a relationship too soon. You can say, say it. <clears throat> can you, can you tell me more about what, what's making you think that? What are you seeing that's having you make that statement to me? To, let me hear. Um, could you tell me more about, you know, it's what you're doing is finding, and that's how you're going to get to what's really bothering them. What's underneath it? What, and I'm telling you, if you keep with this, it'll come out. It will. It's what I do for a living. I, so that's why I know it's true. Uh, and you can do this part too. What, what else is there? You know, um, that's another question, actually. What else would you like to know about X? Um, this could be a particular situation they're resisting or the person themselves. You know, what else would you like to know about this thing? And by the way, don't follow it up with suggestions. <laughs> You know, could you tell me more about last Saturday? Were you upset? Were you worried? Were you anxious? Like, shut up. I say with love, shut up. Just ask the question and stop. Don't suggest, don't come up with all the reasons why you're, you're looking for their thinking, not yours. You're not trying to uh, get a seal of approval on the way you think. And again, they're going to feel led. They're going to feel manipulated when you do that. So just, and just, just stop. It's your anxiety doing that. You're trying to figure this out. And again, if you're doing it, you're too anxious to even be having this conversation likely, and you should probably go take a rest and do something else and come back to it with a more loving heart. So what else would you like to know about, you know, the person and just be aware of your boundaries in that you, if they say, well, I want to know if you're having sex yet, you know, you're not going to answer that. And instead you might ask another question. Well, uh, what, what, you know, um, try not to ask why questions. So it gets weird, but you can say, what's making you ask that? What, what would, what would be your feelings if I was, what would your feelings be if I'm not, you know, what does that mean to you? There's something it means to them. It's why they're asking. They're not asking out of the blue. So find out that, find out the reason why for the question and don't get all caught up in the answering because you're, your privacy is an important thing in the privacy of the relationship, obviously. You know, if my kids asked that, uh, you know, in a married relationship, if I was asked that, I wouldn't answer it. So why would I answer it in a not married relationship? You know what I mean? Or in a new relationship. So uh, you could, you know, what else would you like to know about the, you know, the partner? Maybe they want to know more about them. I don't know. Um, and I do want you to keep in mind that if you have 
a history of some unhealthy relationship choices, you might ask something like, well, what does this relationship remind you of? Or does this relationship remind you of, you know, the other relationship? I would want to know. Maybe there's something you're missing, by the way. But you want to find out what that is. And if you've been in some icky relationships, your kids have every reason to be circumspect and suspicious and not on board. So that's the choices you've been making in the past. And this is one of the consequences. So yeah, this one might be different and this is all new. Don't tell them that. This is not what's happening. Again, you're looking like you're trying to convince them of something and they can't be convinced, right? Another great collaborative question is, you know, if there was one thing I could say right now to help us figure this out, what would it be? If there's one thing I could do right now to help us figure this out, what would it be? If there's one thing I could say right now to help you feel more assured, what would it be? You know, do you see where I'm going here? There's a ton of these. um, And I do have a list of collaborative questions, which I'll link to in the show notes. So you can download those if you want a head start on that. Again, you know, keep in mind what I said earlier that your kid or their kid is feeling a sense of loss of control. And so, you know, you might ask questions that help give them more of a sense of control. Um, That could be anything from like, what are you comfortable calling this new person? You know, be careful about that. Don't tell them they have to call them anything. Uh, But You could also, I'm trying to think of things, you know, one of the things I've heard come up, and this came up with a client not too long ago, actually, was that they had a new person and their um, son wasn't coming out of the room to greet the new person when they came over. Okay. So the new partner, when they came over, the son would stay in his room, you know, he didn't like this guy. And so I had her, uh, the, the, I was working with this mom. I had her say to her kid, you know, like, hey, we always come out and greet anyone who comes to our home because they did. You know, if someone comes in, it's like, hey, Jack, come to the door, see the neighbor or your grandparents or whoever. Right. And you can. So in that, I said to her, you know, go to him. And and she did it. And she said, hey, we always greet anyone who comes to our home. And I've noticed you stay in your room whenever, you know, her partner comes over. How would you like to greet them? That is a great way to give control, but still having a boundary. Um, do you see that? Isn't that beautiful? So he could greet them, this person, any way he wanted, but he still needed to greet them because that's what we do in our house. That's how we that's how we roll. And again, at the same time, you'd be asking these other questions and trying to elicit more conversation, right? But this is a great way. Um, you could even say, hey, I realize that you don't even know my partner, this new person at all. So how would you like, how would you like to get to know them? Um, what's a first small step you'd be comfortable with? You know, I'd like to, you to get to know this person. I'd like you to, you know, I would like to hear, because you can say that too. You know, it's very clear to me you don't like X. Um, I would like you to give them a fair chance, which means spending more time with them so you can really make an informed decision as opposed to just deciding you don't like them for you know, whatever. How would you like that to look? How could we make that happen? You know what I mean? There's ways to do that. But again, and again, don't suggest. (laughs) Don't make suggestions at that point. Don't say, we can go here, we can go here, we could do this, we could do that. Just let them come to you with what they're comfortable with. Again, if you're steering it, if you're guiding it, try not to do that. Um, You can ask more questions. If they say, well, I don't know, you could say, well, what do you like to do? What, What is it that you enjoy doing? 
and find start there. And you you know they say, well, I, I like uh, going to the zoo. You're like, oh well, would you feel comfortable if X came to the zoo with us? I like playing video games in my room. Would you feel comfortable, you know, and maybe that's something you, it's like, well, they're not going to play video games together, maybe. So maybe you get to the next thing. Well, what else do you like to do? You know, well, I like to eat. All right. Well, would you feel comfortable if we had a meal together? You know, you could go from there, but don't just start, you know, reeling off the good ideas. And again, I have a whole list of collaborative questions. You can download it for free um, to help you if you're feeling stuck you know, with what to ask. And this works for all relationships. So um, just come on over, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. Okay. Step four, after you've been, so now you've been asking some open-ended questions, right? And step three, some collaborative open-ended questions. But now you have to ask some more clarifying questions because it's important to remember, you know, your kids' complaint, their comments or feedback, it's about what they need, not what you need. So listen for what they need, which isn't always what they're asking for. So you have to ask some clarifying questions to try to really understand what's being said. And again, depending on their age or their emotional maturity, this can be, uh, take a minute, right? And the easiest, the most simple is the ever popular, you know, what I heard you say is X, right? Um, you know, that's very effective. It's why it's been around a long time is to, when they're saying something, you just repeat it back. What I heard you saying is X. You can also get more information by asking, you know, again, can you tell me more about X, right? So again, that collaborative question is also a clarifying question. So if they are giving you something and you're like, huh, you know, they're just, you know, well, I just don't like him. You know, I just don't like her. I think she's mean, you know, whatever. You can say, can you tell me more about that? Can you um, give me some examples of when they were mean? So I better understand what you're saying. Can you give me some examples of whatever? You know, again, so I can better understand your meaning or what you're saying. It's so effective. And remember not to sack. I keep saying this. (laughs) Don't offer suggestions, give advice, or criticize. S-A-C. So ask questions meant to gather more information, not ones disguised as suggestions. Okay? I see you. I see you. I know you do that. So don't do that. Okay. Last step, step five, encourage them to ask questions. This can be a little tricky area because again, as I mentioned earlier, you want to keep your boundaries. There are certain things that are just none of their business. Like, have you had sex yet? (laughs) Okay. But you want to encourage an open conversation, which means both of you asking questions and being curious. That's what a conversation is. Both sides. Um, and you and you can prompt that, you know, if if you have any questions about a situation, the person, whatever, the future, I'd love to hear them. That's a great one. Uh, you can even get really pointed, you know, if there was one burning question you have about Tom, Jane, what would it be? Right? There's one burn or about a situation, about us going away together next week, what would it be? Something like that. Um if there's one thing you really need to know, what is it? When you ask people just in a more general way, like, well, what do you need to know? Or what could help or whatever? It, you often get nothing. But when you say, what's the what, what is the one thing? Do you see how it's getting directed? It's getting led. It's a little psychological trick, but it works very well. Um, it, it's, it's pushing for the answer. It's, it's, it's having people come up with the one thing. Um, you know, if I was going to give you a million dollars to tell me the one thing that would help, what would you say? Trust me, they'd come up with something for a million bucks, you know? 
So that's what kind of helps people get out of the, I don't know, or the shoulder shrug, which makes me nuts. My kids never do it because they know better, um, but it's really helpful. Uh, if there's one thing you really want to ask, but you've been afraid of my reaction, what is that? Because I'm here right now, I'm really going to listen, and I can promise you right now in this moment, and make sure you can keep that promise, that I'm going to really listen to whatever it is that you got. And, and only ask you questions to clarify what you mean. I'm not going to defend it, you know, and just really lay it out there and see what see what happens, right? See see what they say. So there you have it. There is the my five step process, the three big mistakes you make in my five step process. As always, I had somebody write in, thank you, and say, hey, it'd be really good at the end if you did a little wrap up of here's these three things, here's these five things because I'm out, you know, running around and. Um, I do that already right on, there's always a corresponding blog post. So you can always go to the website, search for the title, um, abbymetcalf.com, you know, just go there and there's a search bar, just search for the title of whatever the episode is, or even the keyword. And it, the blog posts, the podcast will come up, but the blog post will come up also. And that way there's your notes. There's your notes. If you're ever thinking, oh, I don't really have an hour to listen to that podcast again, <laughs> but I really want to remember those three mistakes Abby mentioned, they're right there. You can go read. It's, you know, I make it like a, hopefully usually like a 10 minute read. So you can go read about it. Um, and obviously it doesn't have all the information I share on the podcast, but it has most of it. And it certainly has the salient points that I'm mentioning. So it's always there. Okay. So I'm hoping that answered a lot of your questions about you know, how to deal with this. I will do more with blended families in the future, but I'm always, always happy to hear anything you have questions about. Abby at abbymetcalf.com or go to the website and you can ask questions on the contact page. And I do read all the questions and I do try to respond to everybody. Um, sometimes it's a little overwhelming with the emails, but I do my best to get back to every single person who writes in. I really make that a priority. So Again, share this episode with anybody you think it could help. Share the podcast with anyone you think it could help. I want you to have a week where you're really focused on the things that are working in your life, the things that feel good each day to just even take a minute and focus on the win. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, just one thing at the end of the day, one thing that, and I don't care if that was taking a shower. It's in your win column. If, if you did it and you got through that, great. So that's what I'd like you to do this week. And I'm going to try to do it too. I'm really going to do my best also to uh, do this with you. And that is it. Love. I love you. I love, love, love being here with you. Thank you so much for just listening. And it just feels so good to have this relationship with you. It's really one of the highlights of not just my work life, but my life in general. And, um, and I'm here because of you. So have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcap.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. 
That book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.